Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Laurie Handlers, and you're listening to Sex and Happiness, a show about sex and happiness. And that includes me, you, my my guests, and everybody else, anybody that you can even tell about this show. You know, some people have been listening to the show for years, and they say that this has changed their whole way of relating. And uh, that's wonderful, because I'm all about transformation and having this transform your relationships to make yourself sexier and happier. And today is absolutely not going to disappoint. We are going to talk today about reaching for the stars, how to have a safer sex talk. You know, all in all the years I've been doing this show, I never talked about the subject. So, of course, my guest today reminded me that she's an expert in this subject. And I went, oh, what was I thinking? Yeah, of course, come on the show. So... Today, my guest is Evelyn Decker. She's an MD, a sex-positive doctor. She's a board-certified family medicine practitioner. She practices holistic and integrative medicine and functional medicine, which i got to ask you what that is in a minute. She specializes in women's health, hormones, nutrition, and sexual healing. She's also the CEO of Sex Positive Portland, that's Portland, Oregon, and teaches classes on how to communicate with sexual partners, sexually transmitted infections without shame, and personal boundaries and consent. So welcome to the show, Evelyn. Hi, thank you. Hi, thanks for being out there, and thanks for reminding me to get you on this show. Awesome. Before we get started, okay, I know what family medicine is, I know what holistic and integrative medicine is, but I don't know what functional medicine is, so maybe you want to give us a little, and somebody listening may not know what any of those are, so can you give me like Um, quick and dirty on like those medicines? Sure, so family medicine is primary care, and that's my board certification. Um, I am a primary care physician, which means I treat everybody from birth until death. Uh, Then I also have a certification and extra training in, in, in integrative and holistic medicine. And lastly, functional medicine is looking at the basis of disease. Sometimes I kind of call it like naturopathic medicine for MDs. Um, So we look, you know, and we have a a really bigger toolbox. So instead of somebody coming in for, let's say, pre-diabetes and just telling them to, you know, take this or that medicine, we actually look at why they may have pre-diabetes and how to shift that. Um, We look a lot at gut health and nutrition and sleep. And it was actually my training in functional medicine that got me interested in sexuality. Because, you know, we talk a lot about where the basis of illness and dis-ease come from. But, and in all of those facets, they talk about everything in a person, but they just never mention sexuality. So I decided at that point that the only way of really doing holistic, integrative, and functional medicine is to not forget this really essential life force that we carry. Um, Mm. And so talking about it. 
Thank so, you. Thanks for doing that. And I hope more doctors are catching on. I only know a few. Um, I think it's so important and it's amazing. You know, I have, it's funny when I go to see my OBGYN once a year, like he apologizes to me for having to examine me. <laughs> and I always laugh and I just always go, I don't know why you're apologizing. Like I need you to, you know, look at those parts of me so that I know that they're healthy and functioning and you're apologizing based on your own discomfort. And that's mm -hmm. like just crazy for a doctor, especially an OBGYN. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. It, so, absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for doing what you're doing. And I hope more and more doctors come around to see whatever this, this functional medicine, because sexuality is such a great part of us. And you're right. People don't, lots of people go to the doctor and they, the doctor never says, so how's your sex life? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And actually that's one of the things that I also do is I teach doctors how to be sex positive. And when I say sex positive, I don't mean a lifestyle. I mean more how to incorporate our conversations and importance around sexuality and for me, I don't define sexuality as something we do with other people. I define it as something that exists within our own bodies and our own selves. Um, and so having a healthy relationship with that aspect of yourself only leads a person to actually have a healthier relationship with all aspects of themselves to actually make better choices and be healthier and live bigger lives and healthier lives. That's awesome. That's so awesome. I love your approach to it. Thank you. Really, I just thank you for the bottom of my heart for doing that. Mm -hmm. So how did this, uh, you know, when you were a little girl, did you know you were going to be a doctor? I, you know, funny thing, I actually did. I, I think I've always wanted, I've been very passionate about um, medicine, the body, and wanting to make this world a better place. So becoming a doctor was the avenue that I found to do it in. But medicine and being a doctor just didn't seem big enough. It wasn't enough, you know. Mm -hmm. I love what I do, and I'm so blessed to have a job that not only helps me make the world a better place, but constantly keeps me curious and learning and, um, and doing good. But just practicing primary care, you know, I've gotten to a place where I need to do bigger work than just practice primary care. Mm. And thus, sexuality, the work I want to do within, within medicine, in sexuality, and actually within our culture. Yeah. So yeah, I was going to say that, like, you put your primary practices in the area of Portland, Oregon, and that kind mm -hmm. of keeps you there. But you have designed a bigger program at least one that i know about and possibly mm -hmm. you know and i know uh, you know i know you're not going to stop there but let's uh so let's look at that for a minute you have designed something called stars yes and that's, so, that's how we got this that's how we got this topic today reach for the stars so what does stars stand for and you know and what is it that you created exactly so it's a safer sex conversation that I would love to see a shift in our culture and do this and have this conversation while we are 
dating, while we are getting to know somebody. And STAR stands for the five basic elements to cover within this time before you actually get naked or intoxicated with either alcohol, love, or something else, you know, that we actually um, have a conversation and this conversation could create really good, healthy communication and consent and boundaries. And what it stands for is STI status, your turn-ons, your avoids, your relationship intentions, and your safer sex etiquette. And it doesn't have to be done in that order. It just is a nice way of remembering it. <laughs> so, And it's also um, really malleable in that this conversation could happen in many different communities. So I discovered the concept of a quote-unquote elevator speech which is like a really quick five minute, like let's check in with each other just before we have play parties. I discovered this through my own like sex education. When I, when I decided that I wanted to incorporate sexuality more into medicine, I went on a little adventure of going to lots of um, classes and, you know, exploring different communities, seeing how they do things and all of it, I kind of grabbed little bits and pieces and decided, gosh, if we could bring this out to everybody, you know, a lot of the problems in Me Too could be avoided. (laughs) If we just all felt so much more comfortable talking about what we wanted, needed, expected, desired, and taking care of our own health, we can actually create a culture of consent around sexuality. Mm, That would be my dream come true because this whole Me Too thing is so disturbing. It's disturbing from, for so many reasons um, as right. far as I'm concerned, but mostly the, to, to me the biggest reason is that I want people, to, exactly like you, I want people to be sovereign, mm-hmm. meaning that they are self-generated, uh, self-motivated, self-creating, self-reliant, self-responsible, and self initiating so they don't have to get into the kinds of situations where there's a doubt or where there's something left unspoken or unclear and where people just have, they have practice in their yeses and they have practice in their Mm -hmm. no's and they know what they, they know what they want, what they don't want. I mean, I don't know why we don't have this already, but I can say enough to you about what you're creating and, and how it would make a sex-positive culture where people already knew what consent was. Right. That's so great. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Well, we, you know, we need to take a little break here. So when we come back, I'd like to actually have you go through the stars again and, like, give some examples of each thing, you know, so people listening. Because yeah. I don't have your little stars card in front of me. I have it but I don't have it in front of me right now. And I, you know, you've created a, you, you've, you know how people have a cheat sheet. You've mm-hmm. created a cheat sheet mm-hmm. for this conversation. And it's so important. It, you know, just, we just can't state it enough. So when we come back, we're going to go through it. We're going to go through what you just said, what the stars are and how a person would talk about that stuff so that people actually get the skill. When, when they listen to this, assuming that they're open to it. I hope you listeners are open to this because, you know, this could be, this is like 
her, her her brainchild, but this is something that's so important, like I'm putting everything I have behind it. So we're coming right back. This is sex and happiness. This is a way to be sexy and happy. I'm speaking with my guest today, Eveline Dacker, and she's an MD who resides in Portland, Oregon, and she's expanding throughout the culture to give us something that will, in some cases, save our lives, and in other cases, save the whole rest, mm -hmm. not just the threat of life and death, but the whole rest of relationships and everything else, being able to navigate. So we, and we navigate, we used to navigate by the stars. So that's mm -hmm. a clue to remember this. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Sexual. Did you ever stop to think that love is your birthright? That you don't need to earn it or prove it? You just need to live it. I'm personally inviting you to the path of true love, power, and freedom. If you're ready to enliven your soul through conscious sexuality and dive deeply into profound ritual that frees your heart, I'm inviting you to join us for the Spiritual Sexual Shamanic Experience. This is better known to most of you as the ISTA Level 1 training. I am regularly leading these courses along with a team of accomplished facilitators all around the world. As a matter of fact, these trainings have taken place in 34 countries. For information on when I'm leading, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com. Or for a full schedule, you can go to SchoolofTempleArts.org. Please consider this invitation seriously because love and freedom are your natural state of being. Are you wondering what book to read to jumpstart your life? Get the best from relationships? Attain the deepest feelings of intimacy? Do you want the best sex along with great happiness? Get your copy of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by Lori Handlers right now. You'll learn how to make love in the unknown, take the performance anxiety and reaching a goal out of sex. You'll learn subtle ways of communication and really important practices to empower you when dealing with an intimate partner. You'll let go of blame and struggle. Doesn't this sound great? Sex and happiness puts the innocence back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. Take charge of your life, physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Sex and Happiness by Lori Handlers. Only nineteen ninety nine paperback and fourteen ninety nine ebook. Order your copy today by going to Butterfly Workshops dot com that's butterflyworkshops.com for your copy of sex and happiness if you're a woman who could use a little zest and zing in your arousal response or maybe you know women or a woman who could use this because many women say that their feelings of desire arousal and sexual satisfaction don't happen as naturally or as often as they'd like so i want to tell you about zestra because zestra was developed to meet this much-needed option for women. Uh, Zestra safe and a patented blend of botanical oils and extracts, and it's created to help women have increased sexual sensations. Zestra comes in convenient single-dose personal packets. Each packet keeps the essential arousal oils and extracts free, fresh, and safe from light. And with application of Zestra, it starts to work within three to five minutes. And at about 10 minutes, there's something called the Zestra Rush. 
and that can last up to about 45 minutes. The great news is that Zestra can be used as frequently as you like during each sexual experience. Now, I'm somebody who believes that all women deserve sexual satisfaction. That's why I do this show, in case you hadn't noticed. So, I believe that men and women deserve sexual satisfaction. So, if you're a woman who isn't getting that kind of arousal response that you want, please call 877-426-8047. That's 877-426-8047. And please remember to say you heard about Zestra from Laurie Handler's on the Sex and Happiness Show. We are back with Sex and Happiness, and today I'm having a conversation with Evelyn Docker about beyond her medical practice. Like what she's, she has a bigger vision. She's created a bigger mission for herself, and that is to have a, a culture, to impact a culture so that we have a consent culture rather than a me too meg tau culture like one where the where the genders are in a standoff but both expecting the other to shift and change and accommodate and whatever and that's like an old paradigm so evelyn how how can we go through let's go through the stars and then we'll talk about what your plans are for the future in our next segment Let's just talk about the beginning of stars and so people can really get it. Okay. So um, I'll do it as the acronym stars so that it kind of sticks in your head. But I do want to say that it's not necessary to do it in any, in any specific order because the elements may apply to people and, you know, like you may not be thinking about having sex with somebody. So you wouldn't necessarily start out with the, with STIs, but I really, I also really like starting out with STIs and your status because it shows the importance of self-care and how much you honor your own body and your own health, as well as honoring the health of any partners that you may have. Mm-hmm. So, STIs, you know, by actually having a conversation rather than just shoving it under the rug, because it's amazing how many people don't talk about this with each other before they have sex. Um, it's kind of like this shadow and bringing the shadow out into the light makes it actually something really positive and keeps us healthy. So talking about when you were last tested and what your results were is really powerful. Um, even for people who may have had positive results, being able to say this to somebody in a way that they're not in shame can actually be incredibly healing. Talking about your STI status also makes people aware enough to get tested on a regular basis. The more that we're tested, the less we're going to actually transmit, you know, transmit these viruses and bacteria to each other. Mm -hmm. So I am a huge proponent of regular testing and conversations about that. I usually start by just being the way I start my stars talk is saying, Hey, I have this talk I'd like to share with you. And it's skull stars. And I started with STIs and my last, my last STI test was actually uh, the week before new year's. And I was tested for gonorrhea, chlamydia, HIV, herpes type two and syphilis. And they were all negative. I do have herpes type one, a lip cold sore, um, and I treat it by using valcyclovir when I feel that something's coming up. 
And I don't, I will not, you know, have any oral sex if I feel something is happening. And I, you know, wouldn't kiss anybody during that period as well. Mm, How about you? How about you? So that's kind of how I start the STI thing. I kind of self-reveal and do it in a way that feels comfortable for me. And then I ask the other person, like, how about them? And if they say to me, God, you know, I haven't been tested in like two years. I don't shame them for that because Mm. most people don't think about testing. So I'm just like, okay, that's cool. You know, if you want to get sexy with me, then maybe we're going to have to be tested. And I also very strongly um, advise people to know what they're tested for and not just say, oh, my doctor just did the thing. Um, you know, I was negative for the, the thing. And, and most people don't actually even know what, what they're tested for. Right, right. Well, they have to. And also, we should point out here uh, that when a person goes in to get the, a test in particular, usually they get tested for HIV. Uh, that If they want to have a herpes test, that's extra. That's like a whole... Having the test for her, there's some that are tested from blood and some that are tested from urine. Yeah, you cannot. Herpes test is either a direct test on a lesion or it's a blood test, a test for the antibodies to mm-hmm. see if you've had exposure to herpes. Right. It, it's very controversial at this point. Um, you know, I don't necessarily recommend the herpes test for everybody, but there are certain populations that I do. I recommend the herpes test for people who have multiple sexual partners. Mm-hmm. So either monogamous or not, you know, um, ethical non-monogamy or even non-ethical non-monogamy. I think that you should be tested because if you do have the virus, even if you've never had a known breakout, you still could shed and give it to other people. Uh Herpes, you know, for me is controllable with antivirals and condom use and knowing what a person's status is. It doesn't have to be this like mark, uh, a, a scarlet letter that one has. I'm also very hopeful. Also, wait, can I just add washing your hands? Yes, wait. yes. <laughs> <laughs> washing your hands, simple soap and water mm-hmm. before and after a sexual encounter shifts the shifts the spreadability of of things like herpes as well absolutely yes it's good for all of it (laughs) washing is like the number one reason we could decrease all transmitted infections yeah all right well i like that i love that approach that you have you know it's uh you were actually the first person that alerted me to that Mm -hmm. Uh, and i you know and i i thank you for that because it made me think more strongly about what I communicated and what I got tested for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thank you. You, you really, you drove that home. All right. So let's move on to the next. Okay. Um, so turn ons. And I'm going to say turn ons, you know, we tend a lot of people in, in the general population don't really think about what turns them on or know what turns them on. <laughs> we play this game with partners where we expect them to, to figure it out for us. Right. And we expect them to know. And if they don't get it right, it could lead to frustration. Or we're scared that if they're not doing something that we like, that then we don't want to tell them because it makes them feel bad. It hurts their ego. 
So and, this, and is a lot, this is a lot of male-female conversation, although yes. it, could, it could extend to gender bending, but for the most part, females expect males in heterosexual relating to know what they're doing. And they expect them to try something and try something and try something. And then if we don't like what they're trying, a lot of times we don't tell them. Right. I think women, you know, people who have been raised in our culture with the gender social constructs of feminine tend to not know how to speak up for themselves. And people who were raised with the social constructs of masculine sometimes have a difficulty hearing or asking. Right. but this turn this this conversation takes that away because the point of it is number one knowing what turns you on thinking about what turns you on a lot of people don't do that and then actually con- saying that to, to a partner before you get into a sexual situation by doing that it just allows you to already have good communication so that if something is going on that doesn't really work you could say it and that person doesn't take it personally or feel hurt by it. So it doesn't hurt anybody's ego by being like, no, I like to be touched a little softer. Um, and of course, there's many different things that turn people on that are brought up by different energies. I mean, I may have one, you know, partner that I really like harder touch and another partner that I like softer touch, for example. So, you know, knowing that it, this is malleable, but it also gets people thinking about what it is they enjoy. And I think that's very, very important. Again, for the whole idea of sovereignty, which we're not taught to do very well in our culture. And then um, avoids are your boundaries. And this is, you know, again, something that we don't state up front. Maybe we don't even know what our boundaries are. Or, you know, we learn a lot of our boundaries just by uh, crossing them, getting murky with them, knowing what feels right and what feels wrong. So if we take all those lessons from our lives of what we didn't enjoy and say it to somebody before, it could just save so much heartache and and (laughs) so many issues. Absolutely. And, you know, to me, I'm thrilled that you put the turn-ons first. I just Mm -hmm. want to say this because... I like people to focus on pleasure. Mm-hmm. I don't like people to focus on turn offs. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to give you're going to say to somebody, I don't like this, it would be really good to tell them, well, I do like this. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, a, I don't want it to be like give, take away. I want it to be, I like this. I like this. I'm open mm-hmm. to exploring this. Da, da, da. And these things are my hard line boundaries. This is soft right. boundaries, whatever. So I like that a lot that, that people focus on the pleasure and their own turn-ons first. And then mm-hmm. they say, these are my boundaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Especially after a conversation about STIs, right? I can't, I've always liked that segue because you're kind of in a more um, like practical place. And then you could get into like a place that could be playful and erotic. Mm. And then after being playful and erotic, you could see your boundaries of what you do or, you know, what is hard and what isn't. You know, so many of us, both masculine and feminine um, people, driven people, have had so much sexual trauma. Our culture just, like, feeds sexual trauma to us even before we've had sex. So knowing that there's places that it's okay to have boundaries around is really powerful. And being able to state that and say, wow, this is like something that may be challenging for me. So 
it, it, it just invites this incredible uh, openness in a relationship. Yes. So the, so that's the avoids. Yes. So next is what I actually think is the most challenging part of the whole talk. And that is your relationship intentions. This is the part where you kind of reveal a, about yourself and who you are and what your needs are and what you want with that other person. So it's like, this is who I am and this is what I want with you. And this is what I hope with you. And the reason this is so challenging is because you're really vulnerable to the other person not being able to meet you where you want them to meet you. Right. And we have to be prepared enough. If we, so I noticed like when we are uh, dating, we play this dance with each other of this is kind of, this is what I want. And I hope like, you know, and then this is what they want. And then we're trying to find that middle ground and people compromise themselves and then later on, it blows up in your face because one person just wanted a hookup and the other person was looking for a relationship. Right. So, you know, rather than doing that dance, how about if we just say it up front? Like, hey, I just want, you know, a no strings attached relationship. And the other person was like, no, I'm looking for something more. We do it a little bit, but being very explicit in that can be way helpful. Um, so I want to use the sentence that I use for that mm -hmm. which is what would it mean to you if we had sex mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and here's what it would mean to me. And after I'd like a text, a call, uh, you know, flowers, <laughs> appreciation, or I'd like this, I'd like this, or I don't want that. You know, I, I just recently heard a great one from Monique Darling. She mm -hmm. said, um, and if I have sex with you tonight, it doesn't mean that I do do automatically want to have sex with you again. Right. <laughs> that was a good one. I like that one, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to preface this relationship intentions is that it's not just about sex. Right. It could be about any part of the relationship, you know. It could be about just entering into it and then the sex part may happen later on. Um, because this conversation that I'm talking about really the whole stars concept I'm trying to bring out, I'm trying to bring out to people, you know, mainstream people who never have thought of having any kind of talk around this and in a more open ethical, non-monogamous situation. Absolutely. Like what does, you know, this is what's having sex with you means to me and what will it mean to you? And this is what I have. And these are my, my agreements with my partners. Like all of that falls in this category. As yeah, well. it's very, it's straightforward. And people could just bring themselves. This requires a little bit of guts. Oh, absolutely. This is the hardest part. This is the part that's the most vulnerable because you're really putting yourself out there and you're opening yourself up to rejection. And that's a hard thing for people to do. Nobody wants to be feel rejected. But again, if we are, if our underlying, if our underlying, you know, foundation is one of sovereignty, then feeling rejected is much easier. Right. And teaching sovereignty is important. See, I feel like there are a lot of people that I wish I had this conversation with. You know, you can't go back 2020 hindsight, but uh, there's a lot of people I wish I had this conversation with. Like, you know, I wish I even knew about this in, a, in another part of my life because it would have saved so much heartache. 
and so much turmoil if we had had this conversation first. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'd rather be rejected like when I have very little invested. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just an attraction. There's a, there's a questioning. There's a possibility. Ooh, I like this person. I like to spend some time with them. I'd rather know like right then they are absolutely not interested in what I'm interested in. And then I don't have to invest anything and start and, and then start to pull back. Like I just go, wow, thanks for telling me I'm free. Absolutely. So absolutely. And again, it's a shift. It's a, it's a, it's a shift from the way we're taught to do things. Right. So good. Yeah. And so then the last part is safer sex etiquette. You know, I don't call it safe sex because there's no such thing as anything in our life being safe. But how do we create, you know, good sex is based on us feeling safe on some level. It's also yeah. the little danger part that we also enjoy that creates good sex. But we definitely need a foundation of real of safety. And what does that mean to, like what I may need may be very different from someone else. For example, one of my, I always use this, one of my things that I need is I can't, if somebody's drinking more than two alcoholic drinks, that does not make me feel safe. So I will not engage in anybody sexually if they've been drinking alcohol. Um, and and that, that, so do you tell, is that one of the parts that has to do with your boundaries? It's more to do with safer sex for me than boundaries. Okay. Um, go in either place but you know for me that has more to do with like oh this is what i need to feel safer um safer right 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 okay i was misinterpreting yeah yeah it's it's more it's less of like a boundary than a way that i need to feel safer um also like i need um if i text somebody i'd like to hear a response within 24 hours even if it's just like a little emoji saying that they'll get back to me. You know, to me, if somebody just ignores me, that really makes me feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is a place where we, where I go over, like, you know, condom use, barrier use, where you talk about pregnancy risks. What are you going to do? Like, what if a pregnancy occurs in this situation? What are your thoughts around that? Mm. Because... Um, for some, you know, that's a real issue. Somebody may be actually wanting to get pregnant. I, and another person may totally not want that at all. So that may end that, that possibility, um, right there. So talking about, you know, pregnancy, uh, STI and just psychological safety is, I think, very important. I think that's so great. So this, so this, this whole thing, the implication for this whole thing is that I, as a sovereign being, have got to sit down with myself and be honest. Like mm-hmm. I have to actually chart out my answers to all this. Mm-hmm. And then in a sweet way or in a easy way, I start, I could practice this. I mean, I, I like that, that it is to anyway, we practice having a safer sex talk, it's important to practice this conversation. Maybe I could practice this with some of my best friends. Mm-hmm. And then I am in a situation and boom, I go, I have this conversation I want to have with you. It'll ha- help us to get to know each other better. And it'll help us to know how to proceed if we're going to connect in, a, in an intimate kind of a way. 
Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And I, you know, I, I, that's what I do. I teach workshops that where, where people practice this and there's a lot of ways of doing, doing this too. Like some, in some partners, if there is an ongoing texting or email, I like to email my stars and I like to get those emails back. I like to know their stars by emails because I could read it and process it and think about it. <laughs> but then there's some situations where I like I've gone on Tinder dates and one of the things I do on Tinder dates sometimes is, is practice this. I'm like, Hey, I do this thing. Do you want to do it with me? And usually it's like brand new for almost everybody that I've ever done it with. And sure. they actually enjoy it. They're like, wow, that's kind of fun. I'm like, yeah, isn't it? Um, of course I am very good at this, so it's not hard for me to share all of it. And I could see how it's difficult. So I often tell people, you know, write it out for yourself. I have an online um, worksheet that's a Google document. If anybody just, you know, um, wants to find it, they could just Google STARS worksheet. And they'll come up and have some questions and, and ways that they could answer all of these for themselves. And then just start practicing it with friends, with lovers. And, you know, we... I, Yes. <laughs> possibilities are endless. Yes, I love that you just gave us a gift by telling us that you have a Google Doc. So it's STARS Worksheet. You just, mm -hmm. you put that into a browser, STARS Worksheet, and you will come up with the, these questions. I also love that you emailed us to somebody in advance. I've been known to do that. Mm -hmm. Also, I have one for BDSM because... Um, I have one that my, my teaching partner, Om Rapani, has, which is so intricate and involved before you would ever do any kink with somebody. Mm -hmm. And I've sent that via email, too. And people have been like, what? And I'm like, you got to answer this stuff, because if you don't answer this stuff, there's no way that I'm going to play in any right. way with you. I need to know and I need you to know, you know, my ratings and my numbers and what I'm not interested in and what I am interested in. So. I like the whole idea of open communication, and this is no exception. What you're talking about, this is the place to start. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and this was created through all of my, you know, um, I would call it research. Yeah. <laughs> These alternative communities. You no, know, like when the first time I was in a kink space and I heard these consent conversations, I was like, wow, mind blown. And then, you know, the same in Tantra, when we set our desires, boundaries and intentions mm -hmm. and like, it was just and in, you know, a poly community, when you talk about your agreements with other people, I was like, wow, my mind is blown. And how we need to share this information with the whole world. Yeah. Or, you know, we need to bring this out to everybody because this is just too good to keep in these like isolated, isolated subgroups. Absolutely. I agree. I agree 100%. And I love that you've made an acronym of stars to mm -hmm. make it easier for people to remember. I think it's so cool. And I also think it's really cool that you work with younger people about this. So, we're going to take another break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about how people, you know, how else people can get in touch with you and what your workshops are and who are they geared for like that. Uh, so that people, when they hear about you and they hear the show, they can get in touch with you and, and even find out more. 
So I am my guest today is Evelyn Dacker, an MD from Portland, who has introduced to us STARS, and you can find the STARS worksheet if you Google it. And we're coming right back, and we're going to talk about how you can get in touch with her and what else she does. So please stay tuned because this show can this show can save you so much. This whole notion here can save you so much grief and maybe could save your life so or your kid's life so there's a lot to, there's a lot at stake here don't take it lightly we'll be right back so many times you've heard Lori talk about emotional release on this show she says over and over again how important it is for you and your loved ones now you can do emotional release in the privacy of your own home and you can practice Lottie Han too, meditation that prepares you for making love in the unknown. In her CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han, she creates a safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work Lori is known for in her Butterfly Workshops courses. Lori sets you up with the proper positioning and breathing. Then she guides you through each emotional state to the beat of tribal African rhythms. This CD actually provides an easy way to do emotional clearing work on a regular basis. Order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han today and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. To order your copy, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com right now. As a sex and happiness coach, I understand that increased sexual participation intensifies sexual responsiveness and desire, as well as overall health and well-being. My experience with a Sibian has personally increased my sexual response and I can now train women to use this machine to have peak orgasms as often as possible. I strongly believe this will add to their health and well-being whether they have a partner or not. The beauty and the miracle of the human body is that it adapts and changes much more rapidly than people change their beliefs or their opinions. The Sibian can make any woman's body more resilient with each peak orgasm. Sibian is an amazing experience, often described as the Lamborghini of sex toys. If you're a woman and you can get yourself to look at Sibian, you should do so. It won't take away from your partner. It will only add, trust me on this, I love my Sibian. Go to Sibian.com. That's S-Y-B-I-A-N dot com or call 1-800-253-6135. That's 800-253-6135. And say Lori Handler has told you about Sibian. And by the way, if you do have a partner, ask about Venus for Men. That's Venus, V-E-N-U-S for Men. You're listening to Sex and Happiness, and I'm Laurie Handlers. And again, today I'm interviewing Evelyn Dacker, and we're talking about STARS, a conversation about sex, boundaries. It's really about self-respect, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's about relating in a way that keeps you safe and that keeps a potential partner safe. It's about finding out things that you really need to know long before the clothes are coming off. 
So, uh, so Evelyn, what about you? You are doing work with teens, aren't you? Well, I'm starting that. That's my that's my 2019 project is to actually work with people ages 18 to 22. Mm. Um, I have this vision or hope to bring it to college campuses initially. That that's where I'm going to be focusing on this year, and um, to maybe help bring a tool that could help reduce rape culture on college campuses. Yes. I mean, so important. This was the reason I actually created it because I can't believe that, you know, it's been 30 years more since I graduated college and it rape culture on college date rape has not gotten any better. So I'm like, okay, what we're doing isn't helped us parents who are now bringing, putting our kids in college, we haven't done anything to make it better for them. So then my real hope is that teaching young adults how to have a conversation, how to be sovereign and how to own their sexuality will help reduce trauma. I'm, I'm with you and for you. I've been trying to break into uh, athletic departments and college campuses for quite some time right now because of uh, so much um, press and so many scandals on college campuses. Mm -hmm. College campuses are kind of in lockdown. It's very hard to like break in in any departments, but I may have some leads for you. And anybody listening, if you have, uh, if you're a college professor or if you're, uh, if you have ins to any colleges, maybe you're, maybe you know, you sit on the board or you, you're a heavy contributor to, the, to your alma mater. <laughs> it would be really great if you got in touch with Evelyn because this is so important and it's so simple. Mm-hmm. It's a cheat sheet on what to say and how to do it and whatever. I'm trying to convince college athletes that they don't want to have sex with a comatose body. <laughs> they want, you know, they want to have sex with a living, breathing sound making person <laughs> you know <laughs> so yeah. it's it's really important so i'm glad that's your 2019 goal wonderful but be, what else are you doing what other workshops and what how what other ways can people access you well you can for this i have a website it's called make time for the talk it's all dot com it's all one word make time for the talk.com and that's my website that also has like what each thing means I think that my worksheet may be on that on that website as well, and you could reach out to me on that work on that web place as well. I also um, teach I'm teaching sex educators about STAR so that they can start teaching it or the concept of it, and then I also work with medical providers doing workshops at hospitals, ground rounds, informal doctor groups just on how to be an, um, a sex-positive pro- healthcare provider. I'll be doing a workshop on this in March at SheBop, uh, which is in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And we'll see where else it lands me. So that is kind of my job on top of going and seeing patients and helping people just get by their day-to-day life. Yeah, but it's so noble. It's so wonderful. I mean, like, I, I so appreciate you for doing it. It's it's. Um... You know, it's it's well beyond having been needed. It's needed. Mm-hmm. It's necessary in hindsight, also mm-hmm. in retrospect. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's how new things get created, right? When there's yeah. a need, somebody just decides, like, okay. Uh, and I really, I mean, I hope this concept gets out to the world. You know, that is part of what I feel is one of my gifts to the world is this concept. And I, I'm going to do my best to try to push it forward and we'll see where it lands. Wonderful. So everybody, you heard that again, it's time. Uh, let's make, see. Time make, for the time for the talk. Make, make time for the talk. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't have that in my notes. Make yeah. time for the talk.com. Mm-hmm. And um, and please, but also if you have con- if you're listening, I mean you'll based on this show you'll be exposed to if they all listen you'll be exposed to hundred thousand people. Um, they'll be in other parts of the world as mm-hmm. well as the United States, and uh, it would be wonderful if anyone listening who might have some ins or inroads to either medical organizations or colleges mm-hmm. be able to get in touch with Evelyn. That would be wonderful because she's doing something that's needed and she simplified it. So it's not that complicated. It's something simple and, and, and can be implemented immediately. So Evelyn, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. I so appreciate you for coming on my show today. And oh, you're so welcome. Yeah, it's brilliant and um and it's and and you know and I need it. So mm-hmm. I need it and so I'm assuming that we all do. So mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Make time for the talk dot com. Everybody, I thank you for being my listeners. I wanna let you know what's coming up in my next show. I'm gonna be talking to an old friend of mine, David Stone over in England. He's in Glastonbury. And he's going to be talking about some of the work he does in helping people put themselves together again energetically after trauma. And um, and uh, he's David's definitely more woo-woo than I am. And so he's going to be talking about like what he does in a, in terms of soul retrieval uh, after sexual trauma and other things. So I thank you for being my listeners. Evelyn Dacker, I thank you for being my guest today. And this is Laurie Handler's thrilled to be doing sex and happiness, offering sex and happiness on a weekly basis and getting people sexier and happier. And today's show was boom. <laughs> there it is, right on the money. So thank you all. I'm signing off for Sex and Happiness. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.